Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. I spent a lot of time trying to get OJ to, to write me back while he's in prison. You might not, might probably not surprised by this. <laughs> Pete Thamel. I think he's unhirable. And it's hard to be unhirable, as our friend Hugh Freeze has shown us the last two weeks. And Pat Forty. Although I will say, last November, Lynn Swan actually almost uh, ran me over with his Mercedes on campus. He actually was very polite and waited for me to get out of the way when I was the one in the wrong. So uh, he's okay by me, but not as an athletic director. <laughs> And here's Dan. Hi, welcome to the podcast, week three. Got a lot to get to today. But we want to start with a, what is apparently the game of the week on a week with very few good games. Uh, now, the best thing about that is that usually these are the weeks when, when everything goes off the rails. They sneak up on you in this sport. That's why we, we're suckers and we, we end up watching no matter what. But there's not a ranked matchup this uh, this week. And uh, college game day is headed, usually a sign of what the big game is. They're going to Iowa State, Iowa, or Iowa at Iowa State. Iowa's 19th. Iowa State's 26th, if you go that, that route. Matt Campbell's done a heck of a job. Contenders in the Big 12, up-and-coming program. They probably should be ranked. It is the first visit of college game day to Iowa state, uh, which tells you the, the kind of the state of the Iowa state program truly isn't all that horrible all the time. It's just, just sort of there. I assume all of us have been to Ames, Iowa, mm -hmm. Pat, you've been to Ames, Iowa. Oh, sure. I've been there. I, I mean, yeah. of all, you know, memorable places to go. Let me tell you. Buddy. Yeah. Some people, the haters, if you will, the haters call it lames, Iowa, <laughs> Woo, which is even a lame joke, right? <laughs> <laughs> old big tw big eight humor right i used to love big <laughs> going to lames or what's the n on the nebraska helmet stand for knowledge knowledge <laughs> <laughs> this is big 12 jokes i think you're missing out if you haven't been i like ames because they drink a lot of bush light <laughs> <laughs> i knew there had to be a reason to like ames that, that's they the only one that i know of the Cyclones love Bush Light. They got some good golf courses. Do they? It's pretty yeah. much all. A little chilly in January when I've been I've there for Hilton been Magic. been to a, a game at Hilton for hoops. Have you guys ever been? Yeah, I've yeah. been to a few. Oh, yeah. Hilton yeah, Magic. Yeah. I've been there I've and to Jack Trice Stadium, baby. I've, I've checked them both. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Pat, you can keep your checks. <laughs> take, them, take them with your verified. And right. you, you can go have a Bush Light from your fridge to celebrate. <laughs> Yeah, it's still there. I certainly have it to drink. Have any of have any of the bush lights been consumed? No, of course no. Still no. One right. one was moved from the downstairs fridge to the upstairs fridge when we had company <laughs> by somebody who thought about drinking it, and then was like, "No, nah, I don't want it." Progress, progress. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're in your upstairs fridge. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it, it moved up from AAA to the show, but it still yeah. hadn't gotten off the bench. Yeah. yeah, when you go get your Brita every day, I hope you think of me in like with scorn. Be like, ah, <laughs> that lonely bush light sitting in my fridge. I believe uh, they drink more bush light per capita in Iowa than anywhere else. I, if not, I'm just going to go with that fact. <laughs> if not, we've been talking about it on the show for like a year, so we can we can like can be like the president. We can talk it into the truth. Yeah. Other people don't like Iowa. If you want to know how boring Iowa can be, just know <laughs> last week's episode. 
we had Flirty the horse, uh, if you remember. <laughs> Flirty the <laughs> yes, emotional did. support horse. Just know that that woman was in Chicago and she was trying to get to Omaha, Nebraska. The only thing in the between is Iowa. And this woman that apparently is so afraid of flying that she needs medical help, she needs her support animal, was willing to bring a horse, a medical support horse on a plane just so she could avoid driving through Iowa. Now, that's some next level hate of Iowa. That's serious Iowa aversion right there, yeah. I, I have to say. I disagree with her. I don't. You know, Flirty's got a uh, Instagram page, Pat. You should follow. Oh, it. of course, yeah, of course. Twelve thousand yes. followers on on uh, Instagram. More than I got, I guarantee. Yeah, I mean, Pat, Pat would put hate comments in Flirty yeah. underneath Flirty's <laughs> posts. They're all supporters. It's crazy. I read. I went down that. Of wormhole. course, they are. Oh, yeah. God. They're all proud of Flirty for screwing up the flight to Chicago <laughs> yeah. to Omaha. Our listeners probably should think like we're looking at too deeps all day or talking to a sister. <laughs> no, 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 it's, no. it's on Flirty the Supporters. Flirty's Instagram. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, Ames, this is one of my favorite. <laughs> Ames is one of those places where they all go, it's a great place to live and raise a family. Well, if so, how come no one lives here? <laughs> 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 They never say that about Los Angeles, but everybody lives in Los Angeles. Uh, <laughs> that's like coded language for we've embraced the boredom and the reasonable housing costs. That's like, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 66,500 people live in Ames, by the way. 66,000? Yep. Wow, it's actually bigger than I bigger thought. Than All I right. thought. More I, than I Ankeny, but less than Iowa City. Okay. It's actually big by Iowa standards. So, again, I like it. So don't don't take your complaints with me. Everyone else seems to bag on it. But Sully, play this uh, a few years ago. Somebody, maybe the city, I don't know, created this this song to inspire people to move to Ames, Iowa. I don't know if they, we've had a pop. Perhaps that's why it's so big now. Sixty six thousand. Maybe it was yeah. only like forty thousand before this song. Hooray! We love it in the city of Ames. <laughs> It's beautiful in autumn, late December brings snow. Ames is a safe place, the crime rate is low. We've got great schools, the students score high. We go for number one, not just to get by. Ames hides in the Bronx, we think that's great. Over 357 schools in the state. If you visit here, you won't want to go. All right, all right, that's, yeah. Uh, hooray! <laughs> At one point, they, they hype up that their water tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know how, like, when, when Eminem got going, people were like, man, that white guy can rap. Yeah. This is the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> that is, it is so painfully, earnestly Iowa. I mean, if you want to put distill the state of Iowa to one song, that's it. Intentional or not, that is what you got. Ames, Ames High is third in the state. Good. Way to go. So they're so earnest, the Iowans, you know, they I mean, really that's, that's why you come up with songs like that. And that's why they, they get, you know, they're so earnest. They, they mean well, and they get so very offended when you say uncharitable things about their state, as perhaps I have on occasion. <laughs> but nobody's nobody was better than Jim Murray, the great L.A. Times columnist who made an art form out of ripping states and cities and whatever. And one of the several times when Iowa went to the Rose Bowl and got trucked, he wrote, <laughs> I mean, you're going to have to start covering your eyes when these guys come to town in the family Winnebago with their pacemakers and their chicken salad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, went, you, that went over so well in the mid-80s that the Iowa governor, a couple of weeks later in his State of the State address, went after Jim Murray. How about that? It's <laughs> a fight that both sides win. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> You guys remember uh, Harrison Barnes, who was like a top oh, yeah. five basketball recruit. He's obviously a max deal NBA guy now and uh, played at Carolina. He played at Ames High. And you'd be happy to know in our Ernest Iowa team here that their uh, school saying is Ames High, Ames High. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that is true. Those how are about, our people. How about these are our people. Harrison and Hoiberg, both from Ames High. Yeah, solid yeah. NBA. A lot yeah. of good NBA players there. Kyle Corver, yeah. Pella. Right? Right? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, Heinrich. There was a bunch of guys. Good, good. Yeah. Still, they, you know that. I'm happy for them. They've got their game day moment, you know, and they can have everybody there. But then, when people start kind of making fun of them having game day, they're not, they're not going to handle it well. You know, they're <laughs> well, going to get offended. They're going to get their feelings hurt, and it's going to be. I'm here to back them up. I'm here to okay. stand with my brothers and the sisters and Ames who want to drink the Bush Light. <laughs> okay, all you coastal elites. In Louisville, yes. Kentucky, yes. <laughs> looking down right. on poor Iowa. <laughs> yeah. It's hokey enough there that they're going to like love their game day moment too much. Does that make sense? Like, sure. This is everything. Oh, you know, yeah. Forget like that their state is going to probably there. like determine the presidential election, you know, <laughs> in the next uh, in the next two years. But like, my God, <laughs> they are going to love being on their wholesome selves are just going to love being on game day. Right. You know, I like they try to do the the like it used to be a huge USC game. Like they had to do game day out in L.A. So they do game day and at 9 a.m. There'd be like six fans <laughs> yeah. would show up <laughs> right. in L.A. Yeah. There'll be like a Couple. quarter million people at this thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just signs, people cr- crowd in the streets. Uh, well, Desmond Howard obviously is going, uh, the great game day host. Now he is, he's Desmond Howard is cool. Like Desmond Howard's got the fashion old thing lives in Miami now, but he did play in green Bay super bowl MVP once he's Went been to, to pretty much Michigan. Every, yeah. Yeah. Michigan. He's been to pretty much every college town in America with his job. But obviously, first trip to Ames. So he went on Twitter and asked a simple question that, re- that I thought delivered some tremendous responses. Desmond, looking for some interesting things to do in Ames, parentheses, like a record store or two. Like he's being earned. Like this is a, a serious thing. I get it. You have a barbecue cornbread place. But what else? Okay. Now, you know, well, here we go. Okay. Looking for some interesting things to do in Ames. A Barry from Iowa says, so are the poor citizens of Ames. <laughs> the Rick Webster. Give yourself a paper cut between each finger. <laughs> More fun than anything you'll do in Ames. David Burge. I hate to tell you this, Desmond, but Coronado and the and the Spanish conquistadors spent three years searching in the desert for the fabled seven golden cities of Sabola, and their quest was less doomed than your own. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Aaron Fried, best thing to do in Ames, Uber to the airport, leave <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> Just kidding. They don't have Uber in Ames. <laughs> really? Uh, many Ames uh, responded. People angrily responded that they do have Uber now. <laughs> okay. So, God. Okay. So fake news by Aaron. If you Fried. drink that much uh, bush light, you need to. Yeah, have yeah. You better. You better have some Uber. Drew Berry says to Desmond, "Want to help me steal my dog back from my ex girlfriend <laughs> who lives in Ames?" <laughs> <laughs> now that's a good Friday night. What if Desmond takes him up on that? Yeah, let's go Desmond get the dog. Desmond did not man. respond to that one. Casey's General Store said it serves the best breakfast pizza and would uh, would get some for Desmond. Desmond said, send me a pics. Now, Desmond's a health freak. Mm. Um, what is breakfast pizza? Cold pizza from the night before? That's what it was when I was in college. <laughs> that's pretty good. Fair question by Desmond. Uh, whatever mocha truck said Desmond, the best thing to ever come out of Ames, I 35. <laughs> Chris Peterson, That's pretty good. Chris Peterson, presumably not the Washington Chris <laughs> Peterson, but he responded, I'd say the best thing that came out of Iowa City is I 80, but even that is expletive. So I, I love some interstate debate <laughs> trash talk. Very Iowa. You've got yeah, more right. potholes. Yeah. <laughs> I-35 North South much better than 80 East West. Oh, yeah. You don't even clear it in the winter. <laughs> East of Tahoe said the Holiday Inn bar is always a sure bet. <laughs> uh, I can I can confirm that. Yeah, that, that's probably that. very true. Yeah. The oh, there are many responses for apparently the world's largest concrete garden gnome is located what? in Ames. 
Oh my That's God. exactly where the world's largest concrete garden gnome should be. Yes, it I is, didn't, actually. I didn't fact check this because it's so believable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally feasible. <laughs> of course. Yeah, it's all right, Pete, right? I didn't look it up. Yeah. Our listeners aren't here for facts, Dan. Great, great Twitter handle, Wide Right Natty Light, oh, responded, yeah. shotgun bush lights with us in the tailgate lots. <laughs> I don't know why you're not Wide Right Bush Light then. There was a response, meth is question mark. <laughs> <laughs> but then there were numerous responses. I'm not going to say who said this because this seems like it might be incriminating. Uh, numerous responses said that uh, that's not true. The best meth is in Boone, <laughs> uh, which is funny because everyone seemed to agree that Boone was the spot for meth. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Name redacted. Have you ever been to Jimmy John's? It's by far <laughs> my favorite gourmet sandwich shop. <laughs> Ames has more than one. Oh. And sandwich shop is spelled S-H-O-P-P-E, of course. Oh, yeah. It's very classy. Here's a good one by uh, Jacob Meyer, who has a tremendous Twitter handle, too. Big Jake Eat Steak. (laughs) (laughs) Very earnest here. Iowa is the nation's leader in agriculture. How about a ride in a silage chopper or farrowing some baby pigs? That's interesting. Okay, Big Jake. There you go. Cow the- tipping was suggested numerous times. I'm sure. Desmond mm-hmm. said, walk me through it. No one ever really <laughs> did. <laughs> anybody cow tipped here? Have anybody done a cow tip? How does that work? I have no. No, I've I've, I've not. not partaken. Sorry. It I am looking up cool. though the, the, the largest concrete gnome, 15 feet tall. It ain't <laughs> messing around. That's a serious gnome in the Ryman Gardens at? at Iowa State University. Oh. Yep. You would think an Iowa City would just respond by making a 16-footer. <laughs> they should. <laughs> this is why it's not the SEC. doesn't mean yeah. more. All right, f- final bit on this. Uh, ri- there's more if you want some entertainment. Go through this. Um, an earnest, a nice question left uh, gave us comedy. Uh, the game is called the Cyhawk. Cyclone Hawkeye. This is a terrible name. Boring. Mike Loss, the great columnist in Cedar Rapids. Really one of the, I love his columns. He's great. He's very uh, he's, funny. Yeah, very funny guy. And it's yeah. just a, could could be a columnist in any city in America. A good, loves, good Twitter follow. Good Twitter yeah. follow. He's, he wants a better name. He he notes, like, the we have the Iron Bowl. Like, that's a name for a game, yeah. right? The, the Holy War, the yep. Red River Shootout, which had to become the Red River Showdown because too many people are actually shooting each other. <laughs> that's an inspired name. Yes. The Cyhawk. That sucks. So you guys have any ideas for a name? I came up with a couple, but honestly, this is this rivalry is so boring and none of mine are any good. So I don't know. You got, you guys got anything or we, we anybody, uh, any listeners want to, you know, chime in on, on social media to us. We we're, we're eager to, to get a good name here. Yeah. Hit us on Twitter and let us know what you think. I mean, I, all I can come up with are getting like our bad puns on like corn and stuff. So yeah, we, the we corn bowl. The corn bowl would have made sense or the corn yeah. ball, something like that. Right. Uh, I thought about the third Dakota bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure if they'd go for that. I, I, I called uh, Minneapolis East Dakota on Twitter during the final four at some point and during uh, a column. And some guy like once a month is like, that guy has no credibility. He called Minneapolis East Dakota. <laughs> See, People don't like it when you get after their Midwestern homes. They don't. Yeah, I, I just like, like that the people are looking like they live in Iowa and they're looking down their nose at the Dakotas. <laughs> First off, there's two of them and only one of you. <laughs> By the way, I, I like if you want to kind of <clears throat> the the level of a town that you're going to. By the way, we might look at it by say Marriott Properties. Ames has two of them: a Town Place Suites and a Fairfield Inn, and that's it. Oof. And then after Oof. that, like to even get to a courtyard, you got to go to Ankeny, and then you got to go to Des Moines to get anything better I think than you, a courtyard. I think if you're covering that game, which I am not, uh, mm-hmm. I would stay in Des Moines and drive up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I'd love to be in Ames, but. Yeah, I think um, it's only 30 miles from Des Moines, and Des Moines is pretty fun. We did have a good time there at the NCAA tournament a few years ago. It's Iowa, underrated, I think I'm fair to say. <laughs> I, I, think, I, think our, a- I think Ames is rated right, right where it should be. <laughs> I want to call the game the Mason City Yacht Club. <laughs> Maybe we can get the Iowa Bureau of Tourism to sponsor our podcast. How about oh, I'm that? sure they're all in right now. 
Yes, yes. 117 a night tonight at the Town Place Suites in Ames, by the way. Yeah, see. You can probably use the code, get it for 99, Pat. <laughs> probably so. Latest update in the uh, Jeremy Pruitt ongoing saga, because uh, uh, who knew we were going to talk about Tennessee all the time? But <laughs> Jeremy Pruitt has put the spotlight on the program, and now it's just good times. <laughs> I guess he was talking to some quarterback club or something and he, he came up with this reference quote uh i think titanic came out maybe when i was in college when the boat starts going down remember all the mice running to the top right we have had a few who, who, that left our program but you will figure out who wants to be a tennessee ball and who don't that is the quote from Jeremy Pruitt. It is a defensive line quote, if I ever heard one. Um, the problem is everybody who stayed on the Titanic died. <laughs> well, slight, hit, slight historical problem there. I'm not sure he is, watched the whole movie. Is that worse than having to be coached by Phil Fulmer in mid-October? <laughs> You're... Is yeah, it, Phil Fulmer will stay on the on the boat to the end. He will he will he will cruise the yes. ship at the end. His cigar oh, yeah. will be the last thing that goes <laughs> under the water. It'll be like his lit cigar chomping out of the side of his mouth. Uh, is there ever a good time for a coach to to mention the Titanic? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, especially no, 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 no. Unless unless that coach has himself gotten on the lifeboat with the unsinkable what was her name Sally Brown or whatever and left. You want to you you do not want to be on the Titanic. No, you, you want to be the rat that jumps the Titanic. Yes, you want to get off the Titanic. So this is from the guy who had never heard of asparagus. So you know, I, I think I think it's fairly on brand for Jeremy Pruitt. Perhaps not well versed in American history. Yeah, what was that story? He didn't know. He de never. He had he he never heard. He never even like heard of asparagus, much less eaten it or you know come across it anywhere. So I, I Googled that the other day. Yeah. And there's a hilarious story about his family trying to walk back the fact after that he did know about asparagus existing. Really? And like they quote his brother being like, I bet he has asparagus in his fridge right now. I was like, this is like the most disastrous thing I've ever seen. Until, until of course, when you're running a smoldering dumpster fire of a football program and decide to make a Titanic analogy. Like yeah. if one thing, like these guys all go to Nick Saban and they learn from Nick Saban, they see how he operates and he's so calculated and he prepares for all these press conferences. Like, don't you know, like when when you are just amid a smoldering disaster, shut up and look forward like you can't say anything dumb to throw gasoline on it. I mean, when Jeremy Pruitt is inevitably fired midseason and Philip Fulmer takes over, the Titanic will be in the first or second sentence of every story written about him. Like he is literally put on cement shoes and like gotten aboard the Titanic like with that with that thing that will never be forgotten like. Ten years from now, people when people are talking about coaching disasters, they'll be like, "Well, at least he didn't mention the Titanic after they started zero and two and lost to Georgia State." <laughs> it's like when Butch Jones brought out the garbage uh, can. Yeah, everyone right. was doing oh, the yeah. turnover, uh, the uh, turnover necklaces. Everyone had their gimmick, and for some reason, <laughs> what you're saying is, yeah, Tennessee's head coaches have a remarkable habit of shooting themselves in the eye. Basically, tremendous. Uh, they got a game this weekend against UT Chattanooga. God bless uh, Tennessee if they can't beat Chattanooga. But I got to say, incredible story by David Ubin in the at the Athletic about this time in 1958 when Chattanooga played Tennessee and the uh, the moccasins shocking 14-0 lead and they end up winning the game. There's an upset. In case you think we take college football too seriously now, all hell broke loose according to this story. <laughs> The Chattanooga fans stormed the field and tried to take the Tennessee goalposts. This is not storming your own field. They tried to go the opposite. Like they took it, and they were going to take the Tennessee goalposts back to Chattanooga. That is awesome. Okay? I love that. That's moxie. Yeah. They did take down the goalposts, but then the police came to defend the UT goalposts. And for <laughs> Somewhere between 45 minutes and two hours, a riot broke out. Quote, hand-to-hand -hand combat and physical <laughs> attempts <laughs> to separate the fans and arrest them only further angered the contentious crowd, though the ultimate responsibility for further lathering up the crowd is still a mattering of differing perspectives. They're still debating this. About 100 combined police and firemen used tear gas, fire hoses, 
and billy clubs to disperse the crowd, and they wouldn't go. This is what's incredible. Chattanooga fans will just just resolve. Yeah, beat me. Kids today, the millennials, just be like, that. I need my asthma uh, pump. Uh. <laughs> the police, I guess, were so so tough on the the mock fans that the Vol fans actually came to their support. And according to this, Vol fans and Moccasin fans forged an unholy al alliance against the police. <laughs> <It's> tremendous. <laughs> At one point, a Tennessee student from Chattanooga, so I guess a I don't know. That's mixed a lot. Was placed in a police car. Fans tried to free him. <laughs> the officer tried to drive away, but an issue with the transmission caused the clutch to come out of the floorboard and cut his ankle. <laughs> it's like the worst Dukes of Hazard episode ever. <laughs> Unbelievable. The Chattanooga mayor identified himself and the, the, the mayor tried to get everyone to uh to uh settle down and the the, the crowd booed him I, this this story is unbelievable i looked it up november 8 1958 chattanooga 14 tennessee 6 and at that point tennessee was like 2 and 5 they they were getting beat by everybody they were terrible but here's the here's the the rallying cry for jeremy pruitt's team the next week they came back and beat number 7 old miss and uh, got the, the ship back on the track. So, you know, that they, maybe the, the Titanic, Titanic can be raised from the ocean depths here this year. I'm sure Jeremy Pruitt's listening to our podcast for a good pep talk. So I'm glad he waited through all that to get your uh, your piece of positivity. I'm here for Coach Pruitt. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we all are. One of the great things I've ever witnessed covering a game that the goalpost story made me think of this. This is a bit of a non sequitur. I covered in 2003 for the New York Times Colgate, Western Illinois in the 1AA quarterfinals, and 10 inches of snow fell during the game. It was the most intense weather game I've ever seen. The Colgate students, after the 28-27 upset win, uprooted the goalposts and put them in Taylor Lake about a half mile down the road in campus. So when I drove away in the blizzard from covering that game, I could see like the yellow goalposts <laughs> bobbing up and down in the water. And I was like... That's awesome, and that I called the desk. I, I called the desk, and I was like, "You got it! You got it! You got to! You got to change the lead! Like you got to! Yeah. You got to get that in! Like the yeah. the bobbing goalposts in Taylor! Like I remember calling the SID and being like, "What's the name of the lake outside of the front of campus?" Yes. Any goalpost chicanery, I'm here for. Oh yeah, that's good. All right, Lynn Swan stepped uh, down as the USC athletic director, so he could uh, concentrate on golfing and being Lynn Swan, which. <laughs> To his credit, is how he got the job in the first place. So I don't know <laughs> what the what the issue was. USC President Carol Folt is asking the public, <laughs> "There's there's your problem. Don't ever ask the public never to quote mm. share your thoughts and recommendations on who should get the job." First off, does uh, what does this Lynn Swan deal mean, particularly for the football program? And do we have any suggestions for President Folt? here at the Yahoo Sports College podcast. Because <laughs> we are, if nothing else, quote, the public. I think we we qualify for that that title. So, uh, Pete, go ahead. You were particularly tough on Coach or uh, A.D. Swan for uh, sleeping till 7 a.m. <laughs> well, I will say this. Like, this, you know, this, this is one of those decisions that was first guessed. And Mr. Magoo could have seen this coming, all right? The guy was, look, he was a, he was a great player. He was a great businessman. He had success, you know, outside that. But he had basically not stepped into a college athletic facility since he was a college athlete. So he had no business running a college athletic department. But it was just the most quintessential SE, uh, USC hire. It's flash. It's sizzle. It's fundraising. It's uh, I, I remember meeting Lin Swan for the first time in Dayton, Ohio, at a forgettable USC. Uh, what do they call that thing? Pat, first four. The, you're not yeah, yeah, the first yeah, four. First four. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Providence was playing <clears throat> USC, and Swan had just been named, and so this ID introduces me to him. And I worked for Sports Illustrated, and like I quickly came to realize, like he didn't actually understand that I was a reporter for Sports Illustrated. What Sports Illustrated does with all these legends who've been on covers is they send them on junkets and they bring them into signings and everything. So he really thought like I was like part of that. And it was like a super awkward conversation <laughs> because he's like, oh, do you know Sally over and whatever? Yeah, she flies me out for this and does that. And I'm like, 
I'm like entering the conversation, hoping I can get his like cell phone number to like build a relationship. <laughs> I left it. I was like, I'm good. And that guy could be around long. <laughs> he was just completely miscast in this. And uh, I mean, USC has had back to back to back miscast uh, miscast hires, and they've sort of let the same band of fools run the athletic department from the inside while they just sort of have uh, celebrity puppets out there. So I guess credit to Carol Folt for realizing the error of this. Now, it doesn't take some great insight. Like any athletic director in the country, any sports writer in the country, pretty much anyone but people at USC could have analyzed this situation. Like it was it was very clear. It was very easy. I do, and they've sort of been running like shadow interviews behind the scenes the last couple of weeks. They've had third parties reaching out to different candidates talking to Fultz, whatever, and I, I think some of that bubbled up some. But also, I give USC credit, they went 2-0 and in football, and if they were like 5-0 and in football, it would have been a little harder to get rid of him. I don't think they'll be 5-0, and but I think they saw like they saw the untenable situation of potential winning coming, and they were like, oh boy, we got to get rid of this guy now, because like all of a sudden, if they're riding high, he suddenly becomes a good AD in all this. So, um I hope they hire uh, Stuart Mandel had a funny tweet of like, who will USC hire next? And it was like Rodney Pete or just like, you know, uh, Dwayne Jarrett, just any random like former USC player in the past. Um, I nominate Reggie Bush because you know what? Like, let's just go. I know he's not allowed on campus, but like Lynn Swan was barely on campus. So like full Monty Reggie Bush. Let's let's just go USC. Like just just you be you stay on brand. Hey, OJ's available. Yes, yes, yes. Um, well, I, I think OJ would have been a quite a thing, but he's not allowed to leave Nevada. I don't believe. <laughs> well, that's, he, he could do it by every bit as involved as Lynn Swan was. Although yeah. I will say, last November, Lynn Swan actually almost uh, ran me over with his Mercedes on campus. Um, <laughs> the Friday after Thanksgiving and the day before uh, they played Notre Dame, I was out there for the game, and I was actually. Because it was me, I was going to look at their pool and their facility there, and I was actually standing in the <laughs> middle of the road, uh, taking a picture of the outside of the facility. And, and Swan's like coming up behind me in his Mercedes. He actually was very polite and waited for me to get out of the way when I was the one in the wrong. So uh, he's okay by me, but not as an athletic director. I, I whoever they hire, they they will what they will do. They will hire, hire an actual administrator for the first time in who knows how long. So the, they'll they'll get that right, and hopefully that guy at nine forty five a.m. Eastern time on his first day calls Pete Thamel and says, I'm on the job because it'll be 645 <laughs> Pacific time. So. That's the way to win. If they're going to give it to Reggie didn't work on Sundays, by the way, like one of the jokes somebody had, if they were going to fire Helton last year, they were like at the end of the season when they lost, the, I think Notre Dame, they're like, well, I won't do it tomorrow. Lynn doesn't go in on Sundays. It was like, oh, yeah. okay. Let's right. clay an extra day. What about Aunt Becky? She can avoid the yeah. clink. Hey. Mm. Do, you, do you think OJ's more qualified than Reggie Bush? Because Is OJ OJ's, more qualified than Reggie Bush? Well, OJ still has his Heisman. Reggie they, Bush doesn't. That's true. OJ, um, I spent a lot of time trying to get OJ to, to write me back while he was in prison. You might not, might probably not surprised by this. OJ, um, <laughs> not at all. OJ ran, he does have some administrative experience. He ran the softball league at the... Uh, <laughs> At the, at the prison. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, prison softball league. <laughs> so he's more qualified than Vince Swan then. He was the commissioner. He was Come the commissioner. On. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, that uh, let me tell you what, that's not an easy job now, I'm guessing. I don't I'm know. Sure. I, but you think like, you know, oh, my SEC commissioner sucks, man. Nick Saban will chew you out. He's mad at the uh, the officiating. What do you think these guys in the prison are doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> You got yeah. an officiating complaint that's going to get addressed in a very <laughs> significant manner, much more than getting yelled at by Nick Saban. The right fielder who got thrown out at home is uh, in there on a double murder charge, and he <laughs> wants to talk to the commissioner. Yeah. yeah. Right. So maybe OJ could do – I don't know. Uh, I think he's best just staying – doing his uh, – his Twitter feed is is just absurd. I mean, he yeah. just he spends time complaining about his, his fantasy football team, and I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, just there's times I'm just not sure what happened to our society. <laughs> it's hard to shock me, but as I watch OJ, yeah, OJ ripping uh, Andrew Luck and who else did he rip uh, for screwing up his fantasy team? He had a bad uh, draft. And Antonio, oh, Brown. Antonio Brown. Yeah, but yeah. then it, then it all worked out. Antonio bad draft yeah. for OJ. Feel bad for him. Yeah, yeah, it was a bad draft for OJ. That's true. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Well, we'll see how uh, 
USC hires. Uh, also available on the market, Bobby Petrino. He is currently yeah. unemployed. Yeah. Bobby is in the news, though. He spoke at uh, the uh, Little Rock Quarterback Club or Touchdown Club. I don't know whatever these clubs are. What what are these things? These clubs. Uh, club? I actually I've spoken at the Little Rock Touchdown Club. So. Is that what it is? <laughs> of course have. you have. Of course I you have. It's uh, you know, they walk us through it's that. A bunch you of just business drop guys that and not talk about it. Like, how did that happen? Like, how does that work? <laughs> like, I want to know. Tell them. David Basil from the Little Rock Touchdown Club's like, hey, you want to come talk to our club? I'm like, uh, maybe. You know, let's see if we can work it out. We did. We worked it out, and I, I went and I did it. And you know, it was good. I mean, it's a bunch of businessmen and women who are, you know, monster football fans or hog fans in general, because it's in Arkansas, that's, it is the hogs. And, um, you know, you just go in there and talk for, you know, an hour or 45 minutes or 30, talk for 30 minutes and take questions for 30, basically, you know, and it's, you know, what do you think of the hogs? Why aren't the hogs better? Can the hogs ever win at all? Can the hogs do this? Can the hogs do that? You know, (laughs) it's people that care about their hogs by golly and want to connect business-wise in their little downtown association. I wonder if they have one near me. I want to join a touchdown club. <laughs> sure, I, I would bet there is one near you. You should, you know what? But if you want to be be Dan Wetzel and be on brand, you join like the Eastern Michigan touchdown yeah, club. Not, not, yeah. not Michigan yeah. or Michigan State. Yeah. yeah. I drive to Ypsilanti every Tuesday for like a rubber chicken lunch. Go and, to Ypsy. You know, yeah. Get a pep talk from Chris Crichton and maybe like the tight ends coach or something. <laughs> That's right. I don't want to be, what's the like, Oh, who had it? Who, uh, Groucho Marx was it that? I don't want to be in a club that would <laughs> have yeah. me as a member you. or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this was obviously big because uh, Bobby Trino's inglorious ending at Arkansas. If you've forgotten the details, it involved a <laughs> volleyball player, a a Harley, a crash. The fact that the volleyball player is not his wife, but she was on the payroll. Actually, why don't we play this clip, Sully? Uh, from our, our great friend Chris Vernon, who's based out of Memphis, used to be a big radio show in Memphis, and now he's uh, with the Ringer and, and Grind City Media. Let's let's do an, a musical accompaniment. Is that how you say that word? To to recap the uh, Bobby Petrino saga at Arkansas, uh, hit it, Sully. Riding down the highway, a girl's on my bike. Man, I never felt so alive. <laughs> Screaming pig suey at the top of our lungs. Man, I never had this much fun. But then she reached around and put her hand on my thigh. I was in heaven and I closed my eyes. Next thing I knew, I wound up in a ditch. Oh, man, I should have never messed with this. Girl in the athletic department in the volleyball shorts. Girl in the athletic department in the volleyball shorts. My face is messed up. Harley's in the shop, and I don't know if I'll keep my job. I'll be good. She reached around to my thigh. I was in heaven, and I closed my eyes. Next thing I knew, I wound up in a ditch. Oh, man, I should have never messed with this. Girl in the athletic department in the volleyball shorts. <laughs> but my favorite part of the Bobby Petrino thing wasn't that he had the affair. It was that he then hired his mistress, and it wasn't that he got in the car motorcycle accident, the famous picture of the the neck race. You obviously feel feel a little bit of sympathy for that. But then he lied to his bosses about it all, too. Like, that is, like, quite a trifecta. The, The affair, the hiring the mistress, and then the lying to your bosses about it. And from what I read about his Arkansas Touchdown Club, obviously they don't have the highest standards. They let Pat speak there. They gave him a standing ovation when he walked in. Yeah. Poor guy. He won. He He's won He's the games. last guy That's that all, won there. Of course they gave all him All that matters, win games. Look, I, I, I covered that uh, story extensively. Also, <laughs> not a surprise. Yeah. It was a media vulture. It was, it, you know, look, the affair, the, the volleyball, not, not good, but that's that's your personal thing. But yeah, when you're hiring them, like mm. that's against state law. Mm. That's just not, yeah. there was no way out. So he had to go, but look, they haven't won an sec game in like two seasons. I mean, yeah. you know, so uh, to recap his statement, uh, he showed up and said, quote, I want to be able to come here and apologize to everyone. The fans, the players truly tell you how sorry I am for the way it ended. But I also wanted to come here and thank you for everything. People in this room in this state did for me and my family. You were great to us. 
Now, uh, I don't have a problem with them apologizing. That's, I mean, obviously the touchdown club's looking for anybody to speak at it if Pat got an invite. Um, so, whatever. But well, I think Bobby Petrino's hoping to get uh, back together with his ex, and I'm not talking about the volleyball girl. Mm-hmm. You, think he well, you think he's looking at Chad Morris's record right now and saying, uh, hmm. here's the thing. Here's the thing when you hire Bobby. Eventually, it's going to have to come back to an apology from him. Because he's going to screw you over. It's happened everywhere he has been a head coach. But the first you win. time is, well, sometimes. I'd rather have him apologize. Did he win at Louisville? Did he win at Louisville in round two? Or yeah, did he, go he two won and some. Ten? Went two and he ten. He got right? a Heisman winner. They were doing pretty good there for a while. For a while. You win, and then he apologized for our end. It's better than, I'm sorry we lost so many games. <laughs> yeah, there's. Always going to be an apology. Round one with Brett Louisville. Brett Bielema come he, back and apologize for not winning. That's no fun. <laughs> Round one at Louisville. He goes behind their back to talk to Auburn and gets caught. They won. Also went behind their back to talk to LSU. Also talked to Notre Dame. Had to apologize for all of those things. Goes to the Falcons. Stinks there. Walks out on the team. Has to apologize for the way things end there. Goes to Arkansas. They write country music songs about the girl on the back of the Harley. <laughs> Got to apologize for that one. Gets rehabilitation job at Western Kentucky. Stays there for one year, then screws them over. Sorry, Western, I got to go. I got this bigger job back at Louisville. Goes to Louisville, gets Lamar Jackson, has a couple good years, then runs the program into the ditch. Sorry, Louisville. Just like nothing Harley. but apologies. Yeah, but but. You win. At some point, you win. So not uh, He screwed Atlanta over. He'll never get back in the NFL. But, I mean, what are you apologizing for? You'd rather have a guy come back and apologize and be like, sorry, I screwed up our good thing. I think he's unhirable. And it's hard to be unhirable, as our friend Hugh Freeze has shown us the last two weeks. But yeah. I think Bobby Petrino is actually unhirable because he is just an incorrigible and terrible human being. Like, that's what he has proven, stop after stop after stop. Well, and not only was, that, he's an incorrigible and terrible human being whose last season was 2-10. and ten. Yes, that's a good point, too. Well, yeah, but he didn't just, win the end. That's it. Yeah. I just think that, like, there is such a track record for bouts of success, but the lows are the low. You know, like, like <laughs> it's like, yeah. This uh, is funny. <laughs> <laughs> I would be glad if, if I was a fan. And the reason we lost our coach, who was 10 and 2 or whatever, is because he smashed his bike up. I mean, I don't want him injured. But look at you know why you know why B Lima didn't have to apologize for interviewing for other jobs? Because nobody called. <laughs> Contrarian uh, Dan is my favorite Dan. I like, take him back. What the heck? You want to coach yeah. UMass? All right, Bobby? Dan, you can you can start the movement to get Bobby to UMass. Yeah, I might right? actually like, donate. Like, I might if, actually if they, donate. We get Bobby. Yeah, there Petrino. we go. There yeah. we go. If they had the foresight to hire Bobby Petrino. Yeah. yeah. That that may pry Dan off of his wallet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I can't rule it out. Dan will buy Popeye chicken sandwiches for the team for a pregame meal. I, I might get, I'll buy a linebacker. Heck, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> let's do this. Bobby P, let's go. Get the Harley. <laughs> Big 235-pounder out of St. John's Prep. No way you're going to Yukon, son. No, we're going we're gonna to drop some. Here's here's Secu- 50 bucks in a Vineyard Vine sweatshirt. Come Secure to your the bag. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the race for the case. Uh, nobody did well last week. But, Pat, you're in last place. I'm Thank in second. You. And Thank Pete you very much. Kind of got to getting a little lead going here. Let's pick it five games plus the our lock of the week. Man, I thought Ohio would beat Pitt. That did, <laughs> boy, that was not a lock. No. Uh, all right, let's start. UNC Mac Brown's got things moving at Wake. Also doing well. This is somehow a non-conference game. I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Weird. I, I, you know, that's a UNC Wake is non-conference. Clemson Syracuse is conference. Okay. Uh, love, love how we're working things now. Uh, anyway, Wake is given three at home. Pete, make your pick. Love You're Wake, in the lead. Love Wake in this game. I think, uh, I think North Carolina has 
is is there's going to be a lot of Mac Brown is the greatest. Look at what Mac Brown's done. I just don't think they have very good players still, and they've beaten two bad teams who are going to be bad. So I think Wake. I, I would take Wake here, and I would also take the uh, over. For those of us listening who uh, who do dabble in these, we obviously don't dabble because betting on college sports is stupid. But I uh, I would really think this is going to be a high scoring and kind of a uh, kind of a fun game. No one's going to stop anyone. So take take the Deacons. Thank me later. Yeah, I'm with you there. Actually, I'm taking Wake as well. I, I mean, oh man, now now I feel bad about it. Like now when Pat picks it, <laughs> well, that is probably the kiss of death. But we're in it together here. Um, now look, Carolina. It's great that they're two and zero. They've found ways to to win against South Carolina and against uh, uh, Miami, but they have not been impressive. Really, they've just they found ways to win and. I think Wake's program's just a little further along under Dave Clawson than Mac Brown starting over. So get it, playing at home, although I'm sure half the crowd will be powder blue, uh, but still, I, I'll take Wake Forest and lay the three. Yeah, this is gonna be boring. Uh, Wake, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, same thing you guys are saying. I mean, Friday night. Game. I don't think I don't think Carolina's beating a good team yet. I think Wake's pretty good, so I'm gonna go Wake. The uh, our big game of the of the week, the Bushlight Bowl. The, uh, the the Mason City Yacht Club game. I, I'm going with that. Uh, Iowa is giving two and a half at Iowa State. Home dogs for the Cyclones in a game that big. Pat, you can go first this time. What do you got? Yeah, the uh, you know the corn apocalypse, the the biggest game we've seen on on <laughs> well, Iowa soil in who knows how long. I'd like to take the clones here. I would like to you know stoke the furies of the the Bushlight frenzy, but. I got to go with Iowa. I think with the, the Iowa State that we saw in the week in week one looked shaky, like you know, wearing the uh, the the ranking pre- first ever preseason ranking was heavy. Um, it also exposed the fact that David Montgomery, the running back, is gone, and Akeem Butler, the receiver, are gone, and they didn't have many playmakers. Brock Purdy without them, the quarterback looked pretty ordinary. So I'm going to say Iowa, better players, and. Probably playing with a little less burden, maybe. So I'm going to take the Hawkeyes to win and cover. And that line's been all over the place. It actually started with Iowa State favored by three, and now it's Iowa by two and a half. But give me the Hawkeyes to win and cover. I hate to be boring, but I really like Iowa in this game. I, I think that I think that they will win and win handily in Ames. Obviously, handily in this game would be like seventeen to three. You know, <laughs> obviously nobody nobody's scoring a whole lot of points in this uh, in this here contest. But uh, yeah. State of Iowa, have your moment. The Hawkeyes will go back to Iowa City with a dub. Let's go, Cyclones. Clear yeah. and bright as a mountain air, as the mountain air. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was their slogan. Is that what it Clear. says on that damn can? It used to. Clear and bright as mountain air, I believe, is the old bush. I think that was just bush, bush heavy. Um <laughs> Do you think we can get some drinking water if we have any people in Ames? If people in like the Ames, like uh, there we go. <laughs> they've got they've video. done away with the with the saying here, man. I've, I've well, got yeah. the bush light can in my hands for our listeners. Now it's bush latte or something. Bush light brewed in USA. <laughs> That's it. Bush light bush brewed in USA. Yeah, they have because it's good. People drink it in the morning a lot, so they're calling it bush latte. <laughs> um, ah, Cyclones town is going to be nuts. Let's do this, Ames. Come on, <laughs> love it. I wish I was there now. <laughs> you should cover it for us. Come on, get down there. Yeah, yeah let's go. I should, but I'm not. But uh, yeah, <laughs> should have thought of that. I could have been like, could, they got a parade or anything? I could have been in. Come on. Yeah, I need some. Been the grand where are, you? where are the my Cy- friends in the Iowa Cy-Hawk State? Parade. The Cyhawk. No, where are my friends in Iowa? Let's do something. Let's They're get riding this going. John Deere. All right, Stanford versus UCF. UCF is giving seven and a half at home. Quite quite a statement. UCF, a, a more than a touchdown uh, favorite over a Pac-12 team. Granted, Stanford's got to go all the way over there. Pete, you can go first on this one. Well, the Knights were my lock of the week last week, and they covered easily against Lane Kiffin's uh, Florida Atlantic Owls. And uh, look, I've watched a bunch of Stanford the first two weeks. They're not that good. Pretty simple. They are not a good football team, and UCF is. And you take it count the travel, you take into account the 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 flux in the quarterback situation at Stanford, and you take into account that Stanford just hasn't been able to score a lot. I, I think UCF wins and covers easily. Pat, there's our disagreement. Um, All right, you're yeah. not the tank for Stanford, Pat, are you? No, but here's. I mean, 
here's the thing. No, Stanford has not played well, but KJ Costello is coming back. He is going to play, and that will make a, an immense difference uh, for them offensively. UCF, they're winning, but if they're going to keep stick with Gillen, Dylan Gabriel, the freshman quarterback, he was seven for nineteen against Florida Atlantic. He hit two long bombs. The rest of the game, he didn't do anything. The defensive backs for Stanford, at least the one, uh, shoot, I'm blanking on his name, is really good, going to be a first-round pick. Um, they, they, the guys are not going to be running scot-free like they were for UCF. Those, the two long bombs were wide open. I don't think UCF's able to move the ball that well. I think Stanford looks a lot better with Costello back at quarterback. The Cardinal will at least cover, although I don't like like a 3.30 kickoff in the Orlando heat for uh, Stanford, but that's what I'm going with. Dariel Mack, by the way, who uh, replaced Mackenzie Milton last year, broke his ankle, I believe, during camp, is yeah. cleared to play in this game. Just he is for, cleared to play? For, okay. For those of you foolish enough to actually be listening to us for betting advice, we at least should <laughs> try to provide all accurate information. So Dariel Mack is cleared. I don't know if they're going to start him. I don't think Josh Apple has said that, but that is where we are. So I'm, uh, I'm going UCF on this. I think the travel. Uh, Stanford, I'm one-on-one -on -one betting on this year. Um, really let me down at USC. So I'm now I'm angry with them. But I also think the weather, the humidity, all of it, I like UCF in this game, uh, even with that big of a spread. I don't think Stanford can score much. I think that's just kind of my thing. A team that can score a lot but hasn't kind of yet is uh, Clemson. Uh, they are at, Syri at Syracuse. Clemson is giving 27 and a half. Uh, Syracuse, a 20, almost a four-touchdown home dog. That is a, an amazing spread. Uh, for a conference game, and Syracuse was ranked as recently as last week. Of course, they gave up like 114 points to Maryland. In the first half. In the first half. Pat, <laughs> who are you taking in this backyard rivalry, Clemson-Syracuse? Yeah, look, Clemson has, has struggled with Syracuse the last two years. Uh, both times their quarterbacks got hurt. They were upset in 17. They nearly were up 7 and 18. Uh, but... No, I'm taking Clemson to lay the lumber here, although I hate them with white hot heat after they blew the cover in the last 10 <laughs> seconds against Texas A&M, giving Pete Thamel something to brag about, like it, like he actually saw that coming. Give me a break. But not all the way. Yeah. Clemson, uh, is they are overdue to break out with the uh, passing game. Syracuse's run defense was god-awful awful against Maryland and Travis Etienne's going to get unlimbered and they're going to roll. Tommy DeVito hadn't played that well yet for Syracuse at quarterback. So Clemson wins and covers Pete. Well, I need to keep disagreeing with Pat here if I want to win some games. So I'm going to take Syracuse. Obviously their previous Clemson games are a bit skewed because Kelly Bryant got hurt in the first one. Obviously Trevor Lawrence got hurt last year and they had to bring in that little, uh, the little smidge of a wisp of a quarterback who came in and, uh, and, Ch and, and, and beat them. Chase um, Bryce. Chase Bryce. Uh, I do think, like, what a missed opportunity for Syracuse. They laid a dinosaur egg at Maryland last week. They gave 42 points in the first half. They simply did not show up. It's a, it's a program that, you know, the special teams have been elite, which has sort of been, like, the secret behind the scenes. And then, obviously, Eric Dungey won them games, picked up tough yards. Tommy DeVito was thought to be a better quarterback for this offense, and he's been bad, quite frankly. Like, pretty, pretty simply put, he has not been good. I do think that four touchdowns is a lot on the road, and Clems Syracuse's tempo has shown over the years that can neutralize Clemson's defensive front and some of their defensive advantages. So I am going to uh, I am going to take Syracuse to lose by 27 instead of 27 and a half. <laughs> this could be a great backdoor cover game, Pat. So I, I look forward to uh, expedite yeah. build text messages from you at some point on Saturday. But Syracuse could have had game day. Yeah, they could have been ranked in the top 15. They could have had a signature thing. If they had won that game and had a big environment, good showing, Babers could have been like the next coach at USC or Auburn, everything like that. They just absolutely peed down their leg at Maryland. There's no other way to put it. So I'm mad at Clemson for the for the Texas A&M backdoor cover. I'm happy with Syracuse for giving all of us Iowa State fans uh, our moment in the sun. <laughs> our moment. This is unbelievable. He's totally off. He's totally in. Over the course of this podcast, I have become a believer. Let's go, Cyclones. I'm looking for property right now. It's on Zillow. Looking at I'd like to live in Boone, where it's the all, meth is. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 It's all right next to the Jimmy John's. Get a, get a condo right next to Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's and meth. What more do I really, really? What are we Maybe talking by about? the gnome. Maybe by the gnome. Who knows?
Your daughters would love the gnome dance. Yeah, the gnome would be fun. All right, uh, I, I'm going with Syracuse. I think that's a lot of points at home. A lot of points, and I just don't, I don't think Clemson's been. I'm going with Syracuse, taking it. So that's it. Take that, Clemson, huh? Against you because of what you did to me last week. <laughs> uh, all right, final game: Arizona State. That was really sound um, a breakdown by me, also, wasn't it? <laughs> Pure it was. emotional pick. Yeah, it's a good way to gamble is by emotional picks and spite. <laughs> Arizona State is visiting Beast Lansing to play Michigan State. Michigan State is giving 13 points. This was a wild game last year. Who? What do you? What do you like here? I love these. This is a good game. Like just kind of crazy matchup. Arizona State, Michigan State. Why not? Right? Why not? This yeah. is what we want. Who you got? Who went first? Pat. Pete. Yeah, Pat, you go first. I'll, I'll go first. Boy, you know, I I don't know what to think for sure, but I'm going to go Michigan State. I'm taking the home team here. It's a lot of points, more points than I would like to give, but the Arizona State offense ain't been much so far. They've scored 49 points total against Kent State and against Sacramento State. They scored 19 against Sac State, and I know the defense for Michigan State is nasty. This is also first uh, road start for a true freshman quarterback, Jaden Daniels. And while he's been pretty good so far, it's a whole different step up. Going to be a lot of pressure in his face. Going to be 75,000 bush light in, intoxicated Michigan State fans yelling at him. So I'm going to say Spartans find a way to score enough points to cover the 13. Banking on a defensive touchdown, Pat. Good strategy. Yeah, I'm taking you know. Arizona State. Uh, I think the under is like wide open here. This is going to be like a bad sloggy game i think arizona state's defense is not the caliber of michigan state's but i think it's very good compared to the uh speaking of titanic references pat had a great line in one of his preseason columns about michigan state saying they didn't actually fire the offensive coordinator they just rearranged the deck chairs on the disaster titanic of an offense from the season True. before so i really don't think either team will score much which means i think arizona state easily covers the 13 and a half and arizona state could win that game like seven three or something so i think uh i think a nice spotlight on a, on a pretty salty Arizona State D and yes a fun game for like Charles Robinson to uh, drink Bush Light and watch his team lose and swear a lot on Twitter about it. Michigan State fans they, they've got all their craft beers in Michigan they're like more you know Bells Oberon and stuff like that it's a it's a, it's a high tone yeah. crowd compared to don't us, give them that much credit us yeah. blue collar guys out at Iowa State <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know you don't even know what school you support <laughs> all right I did not uh, I don't. I bet Michigan State the first week, and then I thought they'll never score 13 points to actually cover this game. But they did turn it on offensively against Western last week. Yeah, going back to Sparty, it's going to be amped up. I think uh, Michigan State can do this. 13 is a lot, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna white knuckle through and go with Michigan State. That offense is gonna get cranking a little bit. The defense is so good. I don't think Arizona State's gonna score. Uh, much, if anything, the under would also be a very good play. All right, lock of the week, quickly, Pete. Who's your lock of the week? That's a uh, that's a good question. I had that. I had that. Okay. Noted. Pat, and, Pat go um, ahead. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> good job. Good job. Um, oh. <laughs> I'm, uh, history is repeating itself with Florida State. All right, the way they started this year is exactly the way they started last year. Very bad week one loss, followed by a very lucky week two win against a bad team. Last year, week three, they went on the road in the ACC and they got smoked. This year, they're going on the road in the ACC, and they're going to get smoked by Virginia, which is the best team in the Coastal Division. Virginia laying seven and a half at home against Florida State. Cavaliers win, win easily. Willie Taggart gets more, more grief. I, I believe that was my betting strategy last year in the lock of the week. I just went yeah. against Florida State. Yes, like it, the yes first, you did. But the and first, it worked. The first five weeks, yes. I am going to go a uh, little, little obscure, but I know Sully can handle it. I'm going to go over under on Texas Rice, 56 and a half points. Like Whoa. Texas should have scored 56 against LSU. So uh, the Texas offense is humming. The Texas defense stinks. And that's usually uh, pretty easy to get to 56 and a half. So Rice is better. Um, they've scored a little bit uh, against uh, Wake Forest the other night. But I don't think this is going to be 41 nothing. I think Rice ends up scoring a little bit. And uh, obviously Sam Ellinger and the boys down in Houston with a lot of recruits watching. Uh, Texas may do a little muscle flex. So I think that's a pretty pretty easy hit there, Texas Rice. I am 2-0 and in my locks of the week. Though. I didn't know we could do over-under. See, I didn't know the rules. I'm a, oh, yeah, we I'm have so many rules at... on this podcast. Yeah, there's a lot of rules. <laughs> yeah. Like everything else about the, the podcast, we have no rules. 
None. Yeah, we did some last year, Dan. I know you faithfully listened to me and Pat uh, in the race for the uh, case last year and all of them. You just I, must have missed that. I listened to you guys enough. If I'm not being paid <laughs> to listen to you, I will not listen to you. All right, I'm taking Ohio State, giving 15 at Indiana. Buckeyes' offense has just been phenomenal. Their defense has been phenomenal. Indiana's a little better. I know they're at home, but uh, I, th- I just don't see how Ohio State doesn't put half a hundred on them. So I'm taking the Buckeyes on that. That is our lock of the week. That'll do the show. Hopefully some crazy stuff happens. I'm sure it will. We will be back for the Overreaction Monday podcast on Monday. Enjoy your football weekend. May all your bets come in and your hangovers not last very long. Talk to you guys uh, later. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.